0: Are you ready to live your best life, be stronger, and fall in love with yourself? It's possible and it's inside you, but you need to unlock the power within. Welcome to Fearlessly Authentic with Jody Harrison Bauer. Jodi used to be afraid to take risks. It took some stepping out of her comfort zone to get her there. Along with her guests and their stories, Jodi will help you to live your best life ever. Now, here's your host, Jodi Harrison Bauer.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Fearlessly Authentic. I am your host, Jody Harrison-Bauer, and if you are new to joining us, thank you so much for listening to us today. And if you are coming back and you are a repeat listener, thank you so, so much to everybody around the world who is listening to this show. Hopefully, we are making an impact in your life, and happy October 1st. It is beautiful outside. I always feel like the weather person when I get on here every Thursday. And I feel like I have to give you guys the weather report, but it always seems to be beautiful on Thursday. So I'm happy. Um, as you guys know, if you are regularly listening, um, you know that this show is about educating, empowering and inspiring you to live your best life ever, to live fearlessly authentic because that is the name of the game here. And it's not an easy thing to do. Nobody said it would be easy, and that's why I have amazing guests on my show to help me make that point because everybody has... A great story to share, and they come from different perspectives. And I love sharing that. So if you love the show, if you love today's show, or if you are listening tomorrow when it's on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating, leave us a message, tell us what you want to hear, tell us what you thought of this episode. We want to hear from you. You can email me, Jody at JodyFit.com, tell me what you want to hear. But in the meantime, I am here to introduce my amazing, fearless, and fierce guest, who is definitely going to educate, empower, and inspire you. And I want to give you a little bit of information about my guest today, who is Leanne Hayden, who at the age of 40 stepped away from a successful corporate sales career to build an online social selling business. This business turned into a seven-figure income after years of hard work and dedication. During this time, she survived a very rare form of cancer, which left her in a colostomy for life. It is the challenges that you face every day that make you stronger, is her motto. She will show you how to make fear your ally, not your enemy. Leanne is also a holistic health coach, public speaker, wife, mother, grandmother, lover of fashion, beauty, health, and all things New York City. When the last of her children moved out, she and her husband sold their New Hampshire home along with everything in it and moved to Manhattan. She fell in love with all the fast paced city has to offer. She now calls it home. Although she frequently returns to New Hampshire to spend time with her family, friends, especially her granddaughter, And now grandson, right?
2: Yeah.
1: Now grandson. Welcome to the show, Leanne Hayden.
3: Uh, Thank you, Jody. It's so great to be here. I had to shut my window because I just, um, I heard all the beeping and the honking. As you know, I live in the little, literally in the middle of Manhattan. So I was like, oh, there's a lot of background noise there.
1: You (laughs) do. (laughs) You do. And, you know, the last time we had an interview was before quarantine, like literally a week before I was in the city interviewing you. Remember that?
3: Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, we were sitting right on my couch in my living room. I remember we did the whole interview. And then next thing you know, it was like everything was shut down. The city was so quiet. It was eerie.
1: Yeah. How did that impact your life with, you know, just you and your husband living in this apartment? How did you deal with that change? Yeah, well, we didn't kill each other. and We're still married. So there's that. Good. <laughs> that's good.
3: That is good. I, so, yeah. So that's a big thing. Mean, that's a big thing. But um, so really, it was, uh, I mean, the city just, it was the day before St. Patty's Day. And my my husband's like, those, those Italians, they shut us down before St. <laughs> Patty's Day. Don't they know that's the Irish? Because day. he's Irish, right? It's because he's Irish. So yeah, no, it just everything just shut right down. Um, it was quiet. It got it was very scary. Um, just even a few days before shut down because it was I would run to the grocery store and the shelves were empty. I mean we know that because that ha- was happening all over the place, um, you know. But I mean two weeks prior to that, I was on planes, I was on a cruise, I was in the subway. We were in packed restaurants constantly with people, um, and then for everything just to shut down. I mean, and we were in eight hundred what eight hundred and ninety square feet is basically our apartment. Um, he's in the living room area. I have my office in the bedroom and I swear I spent most of the time in my bedroom with the door shut. So I didn't have to hear him on his work calls. Um, <laughs> so basically at a bedroom and there was like, I, there were two weeks for sure that we didn't leave the apartment, like right. the apartments, never mind, you know, just running next door to get something we had, everything was delivered. So yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was eerie looking outside too. And I look out to um, the Manhattan Bridge, Brooklyn Bridge, Statue of Liberty Island, and uh, Freedom Tower. So I'm down in the downtown area of Manhattan. And to look out the window and to look down and see no cars, no traffic, no people,
1: no people at all, like nothing. That must have been very, very freaky because it was was walking dead ish. Yeah, you came to the city. So you moved from New Hampshire. Explain to me what went into that moving from New Hampshire coming into the city, and then how long had you been in the city until we went into quarantine?
3: Yeah, so I had been in the city for two years right when quarantine hit. So what, what happened, so we raised, I was from, I'm from Massachusetts, met my husband, moved up to New Hampshire. We raised all five kids together, we had a beautiful house. Everybody was grown up together. Um, you know, and when the last of the five moved out and this was we'll t- we'll get into cancer and everything else, but it was after my cancer, it was after my businesses and um my last business to close down and we were in my husband and I were in this phase of our of our life and of our relationship even that we were starting to struggle. Um and I just said to him, "We need to get out of here the last left. Let's go date each other. Um let's go do something for us." And let's go somewhere fun. So we looked at Boston um, we were like, Boston's great, but let's really go to New York. I wanted to come to New York. So we came down, we were just going to do it for a year or two. And here it is, you know, two and a half years or so later, and we're still here.
1: <laughs> so, you made, so you made this move, basically, not that your marriage was in um, um, any type of problem, but you felt like all the kids are out of the house we need to, I love what you said. We need to date each other. Like we need to get sexy with each other again. We need to, to feel like we felt when we first started dating and that, that, that flirting thing that I think so many relationships you've been married to John for how long now?
3: 13 years together, 19.
1: Okay. So I think so many people, um, feel that they need to get that back into their relationship and one of the things that we are going to talk about is you know having that that wonderful sexy life with your significant other and feeling physically and mentally well to have that because in order to have that that flirtation and that sexy feeling all the time to bring it back to when you were first dating so you have that feeling of, ooh, you know, he's just coming home or something like that, that you have to feel good in your mind and your body in order to do that. So I think that's just an amazing idea and a great, great idea for people who are maybe struggling, you know, maybe they'll go someplace else other than New York, but come to New York, whatever, because everything is changing so rapidly. So when talking about sex, (laughs) um, how let's let's talk about what happened five years ago when um, when you got the news from your doctor that you had cancer.
3: Yeah, so I I've always been fit. I've always been athletic. Um, I've always eaten healthy, clean, done all the right things all the time. Um, and then fi- I there was a time prior to the five years, so like let's say four years prior to the, prior to finding the cancer. I was gaining weight in my stomach. I was gaining weight. I was gaining five pounds every six months. And it just wasn't normal for me. And I was like, "Mm, it's a little weird. Um, I started to grow a belly and I'd never had a belly. My husband tried to tell me that I was allergic to wine. I told him to hush his mouth. That was not the problem. Um, And so, yeah, so five years ago, I went to the doctor And um, she found what we thought at the time was a cyst and it ended up being um, a sarcoma tumor that radiation and chemo could not could not fix. So after two surgeries and two biopsies, um, it took they found it in September. So five years ago, last month, and then it took them until it was January 15th of 2015, 2016, January of 2016. um, I had the longest surgery ever. And they finally removed the tumor. By the time they got the tumor, it was the size of a Nerf football. So it was six inches long and four inches wide. Um, and during the time between those, between the surgeries, uh, my doctor said, hey, because of where the tumor is, there is a potential that you will have to be in a colostomy bag um, and you're going to be there that way for life. And I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not. Like, that's not, that's just not an option. That's not going to happen. And he finally said to me, he goes, listen, I don't want to, um, I'm going to try not to, but if it comes down to it, it's the only way I'm going to be able to save your life. And that's just, it's, it's going to be my only option if, if you wake up like that. So finally I, well, I woke up from it. Um, and yes, I was in the colostomy and the first thing I said to the doctor was, did we get the effort? Right. Cause that's the tumor, right? So they, he goes, yep, yeah, we got everything. It, you're clean, clean margins. Everything's gone, like completely gone. So just like that surgery, gone. And um, then he, he goes, I'll talk to you later. And uh, that's when I realized I'm, I was in a colostomy bag. And huh. my husband came in and my husband's the one. I didn't even say, hi, honey, how are you? Anything like that. I just looked at him I'm like, I'm in a bag, aren't I? Oh. And the poor man just closed his eyes and nodded his head. And he's like, yes, you are. And I said, okay, well, we got to go to California next week. So let's get me up. Let's get going. We got to yes. It was one of those things. And mentally, I was just like, okay, I, this is, I'm here. I'm alive. I felt I felt great waking up because I didn't know going in if I was even going to wake up um, and what was going to happen after I woke up and to feel alive.
1: Um, so and you, were I was, sc- you were scared going into the surgery for oh, fear that what, what they would find or that you, did you fear dying during the surgery? Not during the surgery. Okay. Um, I felt that way prior to.
3: Um, I, because the type that I had had was if it hit my bloodstream chemo and rate, I mean, chemo radiation wasn't going to shrink the tumor period. And if this, if the cancer had hit my bloodstream, um, it would take a ton of chemo and radiation to try and get it, get it out of my body. Right. So surgery was always going to have to be an option of some sort. So I was always scared, like, stop with the biopsy, stop poking the barrel, let's just get it out. Um, So I was frightened then. Going into surgery, I was frightened of of what they're going to find, for one, and what happens if they did poke it, and what happens if it all of a sudden was in my bloodstream, and then I wake up, and now I'm just not going to be able to live a full life. And so going into it, I just felt, all of a sudden, I just had this peace come over me Um, like everything's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. And so I went in and went under and when I woke up, I was like, okay, we're here and we're alive and I've got so much more to do in this world. So let's get going with it.
1: So now you're out there, you have been very, I mean, we've known each other for, I think about seven or eight years now, because I know John let me know when you came Mm -hmm. out of surgery Mm -hmm. and, uh, you never, ever, let that stop you. And that's why you were such a damn inspiration. Um, you know, I knew you were really strong before that because we were working together. So I knew that about your core. I knew that about your character, but when this came and hit you over the head, you took it on like you must have taken on everything else in your life. And I, I mean, I don't know anybody else like you, honestly, that, l- it just says, you know, I, I'm not going to let this stop me, and I think it has actually made you stronger. Mm-hmm. And you've been so out there with, "Hey, I have a colostomy bag. This is me. I'm how old are you? 48. I'm gonna be 50 in December. You're gonna be 50 this December.
3: I'm be 50. In December. Oh, that's right. We're ten, we're
1: 10 years apart. That's right. We are. Right? So. Um, you know, you were just like, this is who I am, accept me for, you know, you weren't even asking people to accept you. You were just like, hey, this is the new Leanne Mm -hmm. and this is the way I'm living my life. So how did it affect your relationship with your husband? How did it affect you intimately? You know, if you're open to talking about that, we don't have to get too intimate, but I'm certainly there for women out there who are maybe struggling with the same issues that you have right now that have a colostomy bag and, how do you, how do you keep, how do you keep it going? And I'm sure you have to have a super understanding husband, but. Yeah, it's um. well, I'll tell you right now, sorry for all the sirens. I do have the door shut
3: and the window shut. But um, if you go into a room and there's a hundred people in the room, 10 of those people have are in colostomy bags. That's how many people have them. And you don't know it. No one knows that um, because it's one it's never talked about. So my husband, my husband is awesome um he just wanted to help me um he helped me struggle because he knew emotionally I was going to go through I, I was strong but don't let me fool you there were moments when I was in my closet looking at all my beautiful clothes that I never thought I'd be able to wear again sitting on the closet floor crying saying this isn't fair this isn't fair why me and then saying Leanne stop being selfish you're alive get off I mean, that was just my, the voices in my head were saying, you know, it was both, it was going both ways, um, you know, and there were situations where, you know, it, it's, it's not pretty, right? So, but you don't have to see it. So being intimate with him, it took, it took a little time. One, he didn't want me, he didn't want to hurt me because he didn't want, he wanted me, I had to heal <laughs> from surgery, but um, we have never stopped. Like one of our favorite things to do is cuddle in the morning and we continue, and we still do that. We still cuddle every single morning, and with that cuddle comes the intimacy, right? (laughs) Right, right. So, um, but it's not, I don't, I don't do certain things that I used to do more all the time. Like, I used to walk around with, nothing on all the time, right? Just whatever running around my bedroom or whatever, not when the kids are around, but just in my bedroom, whatever. And now I I don't necessarily do that um, because it's difficult even for me to see myself like this still. And this has been five years, Um, but I still, but I feel sexy and I feel strong. And um, I feel like I look good and I feel healthy. And I'm mentally in such a way better place than I even was prior to all this. Um, even about my own, about my own being, um, about who I am. And, I, and that comes off to John. Like, it's so cute. He's so funny. Even yesterday, he's like, nice butt, babe. You know, I mean, here yes, he is. I'm almost 50 so and he's 62. And he's just, I'm walking in front of me. He's like, nice tush. <laughs> yeah, no. And so,
1: no, I love that. And I I understand that sometimes, and I talk about this when I train people, is that I want them to look at themselves and say, yeah, I like what I see in the mirror. Like Mm -hmm. I would do me, you know, if I'm going to get really explicit here, I do me. And I know sometimes I think not, I mean, I could understand where you could look at yourself in the mirror and go, yeah, I don't really feel like doing me today. You Mm -hmm. know, Um, I have the same, I have the same feeling. So I think that even, even that you've just taken so much on and you still feel sexy. And I think, Would you say a lot of that has to do with your, what work you've done on yourself or your, and, or your relationship with your husband? Because I know how supportive he is and how much he absolutely loves you and what a great relationship you guys have.
3: Thank you. And our relationship hasn't been easy. Like I said, I mean, three and a half years ago, we were struggling, but our struggle was more, it wasn't about us personally. It was about situations. I mean, at the time, the company that I was working with shut down out of the blue, And um, he had been laid off from work. So all at the same time, there was a whole financial structure. So that was just gone that we were so used to. And um, that was looking at it. That's where our stress came. And I think that sometimes in relationships, most times in relationships, finances is like one of the biggest factors in everything, right? So that's why I'm so adamant about people creating a financial plan or financial freedom that they can lean on um to do that but it,
1: it I forgot the question <laughs> no I was asking you I'm, that sexy feeling that you have yeah. is that yeah. just from work you've done with yourself I know that you've always been a sexy woman but to get that sexy back was yeah. it a, was it teamwork or was it did you feel like it was more work that you had to do by yourself it was a ton more work that I needed to do by myself
3: and I think that the stronger that you are within yourself, the better your relationships with others will be, whether it's with your spouse or your boyfriend or your significant other or even your children and your family. Um, but that that part right there was everything that I had done prior um, for myself. I have been in self-development mode, I think, since I was 29 years old, 28 years old, I started taking, reading books and taking courses and and really, pu- really pushing myself and finding who I am. I mean, I've always been competitive and all that other stuff, but really truly internally finding out who I was. Because um, I mean, by the time I was 40, I was a single mom of two and divorced and living in a teeny tiny apartment that I couldn't even afford. So um, I knew that I had to grow myself. So yeah, it was all internal work um, that I did. It was a lot of journaling. It was a lot of meditating. Um, it was a lot of standing in front of the mirror. I think for me that was that's a big thing. Standing in front of the mirror and not picking yourself apart. like standing in front of the mirror and talking beautiful things to yourself about yourself. Now you don't have to be full on naked to do it. You can just do it and, and talk to yourself and, the, you know, talk to yourself as if you were talking to someone that you loved and you cared about because yeah, um a lot of times, yeah, a lot of times the voices in our head, I mean, if we, and, and I hear that people say this a lot, a lot, and I've said it a ton, if if we heard someone talking to someone else, the way the voices in our head talks to us, we would have the, them arrested. It would be complete abuse. It would be complete abuse. So, Um, we've got to learn
1: to take better care of ourselves from the voices. So let's talk about the fear. So we talked Mm -hmm. about fear going into the surgery. Mm -hmm. Then I'm sure that there was some fear after the surgery. How am I going to deal with this? You know, how am I going to live my life? Mm -hmm. So how, one of the things that you say is that you have made fear your ally. How Mm -hmm. have you done that? We're always afraid, right? So
3: even successful people, are afraid of something, right? So, And it's it's taking that fear and saying, what am I to learn from this fear? Because there's a lesson in it. And I've heard it said a ton of times, I didn't really understand it. I'm like, yeah, 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 it's just one of those cliche sayings, right? Um, Until I really started to listen to, until I started to take action steps into it. So if I get, if I'm afraid of doing something and I'm looking like, let's just say, uh, Facebook Live or even a Facebook Live, right? So I want to go Facebook Live now. I'm afraid. To, I'm afraid because how do I look? Well, why am I afraid of how I look to other people? Because that's deeper, that's bigger, that's more. So then it's turning on the camera and being like, "Okay, what am I going to talk about? Okay, talk about something." And I'm using that as an example, but that can be you can relate that into anything. Um, and so I do things that I'm afraid of because on the other side of it, you're like, wow, Did you just see what happened?" Did you see me grow? Like, I'll tell you something. A month ago, my girlfriend, Kelly talked me into going, she goes, you want to go for a nice hike. Okay. I'll go for a nice hike. So I'm all in my little running sneakers, getting ready to go on this hike. Guys, I was mountain climbing. Like I was scaling mountain. Like I was scaling rock at one point (laughs) going, I don't think my leg can get from here to there. And I turned around and looked down and I'm like, well, I can't go backwards because there's no way down. So I have to, if I don't scale this, I'm falling off this mountain. Like She's inside, one. I wanted to kill her and I was afraid of it, but I'm like, I have no
1: choice. I, I got to go up. And it's kind of like, <laughs> that's what happens as you make fear your friend, because we can mm-hmm. choose to run away from things. We can choose to just, just run. But mm-hmm. I think that when we embrace fear and make it our ally or our friend and we say, okay, fear let's go. We're going to go Mm -hmm. press that live button on Facebook. We're going to press that live button on IG. And we're just going to go and we're going to just do it. And if I get crickets in response, and you know, we have both been there, crickets, we've texted you, I've texted you, hey, crickets. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, it's a learning experience. And I think with every time we fear something, if we can just say, Giddy up, fear, let's go. Mm-hmm. Then we can learn because you're right, taking action. If otherwise, we stay stuck, mm-hmm. we procrastinate, we stay stuck, and we don't move forward. And then we never, ever achieve our dreams or our goals. And you are one person who has just done such a great job of that, you know, being fearful of the surgery, then embracing this new life that you have and saying, All right, let's do it. Let's just do it. Let's go there. And I think that is. How you live your life to me that's when I look at you and I think of you that is how you you live your life
3: thank you yeah i it's um I love life and I love people and I love um, relationships and it's it's important it's important so there's no way there's there's no way that i there are certain things that I fear that I'm just not going to do like at this, this, not even afraid. I'm just like, I'm just not doing it anymore. Like I used to want to jump out of a plane. Yeah. That's probably not happening, but talk to me when I'm 90, I'll probably do it.
1: (laughs) Right. So do you have a community of people um, who have gone through the same thing? You know,
3: what's crazy is no. Um, And that's one big thing that is missing from the colostomy um, family on Instagram though if you hashtag ostomy or ostomy awareness. So ostomy awareness day is Friday, by the way, October 3rd. Um, so it's a big deal. But if you go Saturday. on to Saturday or oh, Saturday. Oh yeah, Saturday. Um, so if you go into, you know, you um, into instagram you can hashtag that and then you can find the community because there are there are a lot of people in ostomies but there's really no one place to go to surround yourself but i do have like my doctor will call me or people will reach out to me because i'm so public about my situation um uh, people reach out to me saying hey i've got so-and-so of a friend or i know know of somebody would you mind spending some time on the phone with them because they may need to go into a colostomy or they just got one and they weren't expecting it can you walk them through certain situations and I'm very open with them to the products that I use, to um, my relationship with my husband, to, to the clothes that I wear, you know, because it's, it's all of it. You know, what do you do? Do you name it? Uh, does it smell? Like all the questions that people have, I'm very open and they can come to me and ask me any, any question. And I'll give them a straight up, at least from my experience answer.
1: Okay. So there's not a super strong community out there for, there for it. Okay. There isn't. Okay. So when you are talking about living with an ostomy bag, Mm -hmm. who is your core audience? Like when you talk about it, who do you want to be talking to, to everybody or to the men and women that are are living like you?
3: I think I'm talking to everybody um, because I think that other people need to understand um, what it's like for someone. So, I mean, I had a friend's sister a friend come to me and say, thank God you talk to the way you do and you expressed everything because my sister is is in a is, was in a bag for a short amount of time and it made noises. And I looked at her one time and said, you need to shut that thing up, not knowing that she had no control. Um, so I think that the more people understand situations, um, the better everyone will be with it.
1: Yeah, I think that that's very, very true. I know mm-hmm. that um, I experienced it with my ex-mother-in-law mm-hmm. and she was in her 40s when she had a bag And um, and it used to make noises and we used to laugh and sometimes it smelled and but she was alive, you know, and that was my first understanding of something like that. And and I think education, as I said at the beginning of the show, education is huge. And so the people that live with others or are living with it feel have that empowerment where they can educate and then hopefully inspire other people to be open like you are. That's, you know, you're just such a huge inspiration. So I want to thank you for that because I'm sure, and I'm sure there are lots of people out there who are very grateful for your openness. Um, So when we come back, we're going to go to a commercial break right now. When we come back, we're going to talk about you getting on stage, your business, being a serial entrepreneur, and all of those wonderful things and uh, your message that you want to get out there to the world. So we'll we'll be right back, everybody, in a few minutes.
0: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. On Fearlessly Authentic, Jody talks about mental and physical well-being, and the key to both starts with proper nutrition. The Jodi Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan was created to help your body feel better. Whether your goal is to lose weight, gain muscle, or just feel lighter and more energetic, Following this meal plan can help you get there. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan is a 21-day plan to help you learn the most important things about the food we eat and what foods are right for you based on your goals and activity level. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan is a real plan for real life. This is not a diet, but a change in lifestyle. The plan is simple and easy for you to follow. In the 21-day plan, you will receive meal ideas, snack ideas, a grocery list, and a 21-day journal crucial to your success with inspirational quotes to keep you motivated and keep track of your progress. The key to success is commitment, consistency, and willpower. Be fearless and trust the journey. Go to JodyFit.com to purchase the JodyFit meal plan now and use the promo code PODCAST to get 25% off.
2: You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there You are listening to Fearlessly
0: Authentic with Jody Harrison Bauer. We'd love to hear from you with any questions or comments you may have. Send an email to info at JodiHarrisonBauer.com. That's info at JodiHarrisonBauer.com. Now, back to Fearlessly Authentic.
1: Hello and welcome back to the show, everybody. I am with Leanne Hayden and we are talking about everything. We are talking about... How to get over fear, how to make fear your friend, dealing with cancer, having an awesome relationship with your significant other, and just living life as a fearlessly authentic person. And One of the things that Leanne did after her surgery was something she feared and something she had done for a while. She was a fitness competitor for a few years. And one of the things that she decided, okay, I'm going to get my ass back up on that stage and show everybody Ivan. And Ivan is her 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 ostomy bag. That's right. That's yes. right. I
3: named him Ivan. So whenever he makes noises or whatever, I'm like, ah, it's just Ivan, and dissociate it for myself.
1: <laughs> I love that. I love that. It's so cute. Only you. So, what was going through your head, and how many years after your surgery did you decide to put your butt on stage? Well,
3: oh, it was. Um, well, it was three. Three years ago maybe so it was probably two or three years after um after my surgery i said the heck with it i need a goal i needed a goal i'm goal oriented um so i needed a goal and i wanted my body back i was tired of because through surgeries and you know everything that that my body had been through i was just i was i blown up and i said i'm gonna do a competition so it's funny because the competition when i did get to the comp i'm smaller now than i was when i did the competition but that's okay. But I just said I needed a goal. So I started working towards the goal and um, flew out to Vegas and was surrounded by my friends and got up on stage and did the competition. And I remember even standing there with um, one of the girls, like everybody complimented me and when we were practicing, one of the girls turned around and said, what is that? And this other woman said, told her what it was. And she's like, Oh, and I remember when I went to get up on stage, um, to do my walk. I mean, you know how that is. And I had the wings and I had the wings covering everything. And then I opened up the wings, like you can fly. Um, everybody stood up and clapped every person that was there stood up and clapped. I started crying. Um, I still get teary over the whole thing, but, um, it was an amazing experience and my biggest piece of it and my biggest thing that I take with me all the time is I want people to love themselves and I want them to feel beautiful about themselves as they as they are today, not as they who they want to be or when they get there. It's who you are today and just loving on yourself. And I wanted to show people that regardless of
1: any situation, you are still gorgeous. Um, period. Right. And you weren't going to let this define who you were at all.
3: No. And I think that sometimes, I mean, I talk about um, the situation. I talk about Ivan. We'll just say Ivan. I talk about Ivan a lot on social media. Not a lot, but enough on social media. And sometimes I think I'm like, am I talking about it enough? Do I need to talk about it more? But I don't want this to be the only thing that I am. Right. Because I'm way more than a, a woman in in a colostomy bag. Um, I'm way more than that. I do way more than that. So I don't want it to define me, but I want people to know that you can be everything you want to be even in this situation.
1: Right. Because as, as people, we don't want one particular thing to define us. For me, it's been my age, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm older. I did everything later. I'm a late bloomer, and I'm going to be 60 this year. But I don't let the age define me, and not to compare it with cancer. But but things happen in our life, and like 60 is going to happen for me, and it just isn't going to define anything that I do. It's not going to stop me, and I think that's you know why I understand a lot of what you've gone through. And not that I've experienced the same things, but breaking through those barriers.
3: Yeah, it's, and it is the same thing. So what happened to, and that's, that's my biggest message, or that's the, one of the biggest things I want to bring out is, again, I want to talk to everybody about situations so they understand them, but it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't define you. What is important to you? The struggles that you've gone through yourself is a growing thing. And that's you. That's part of who you are. Um, Mine might look a little different. But at the end of the day, it's the same kind of a thing. It is it is the same right. type just of look, thing. Just
1: look at you as Leanne, as the, yes. as the person that you are. Yeah. So who, who inspires you? Oh, gosh. Um,
3: well, everybody says Oprah. I mean, Oprah inspires me. I just
2: love that woman, the struggles that
3: she's gone through and where she's yes. at now. That woman just inspires me. Um, I have, I mean, there are a few people that inspire me. I think that there are people, um, believe it or not, that there are people that are on social media um, that I've watched them go through their challenges and um, how gracefully they do things. Um, And there, you know, there's not one big name to it, um, but they inspire me. Uh, People going through struggles uh, inspires me. Um, People... I mean, I grow uh, online businesses, right? So people, even watching people grow their online businesses and feel success and having those just, you know, their first sale or their first anything, that inspires me. So there's so much around me that inspires me. Um, I'm not inspired by, I used to be inspired by, you know, having all the name brand things and the big home and the this and the that, like that doesn't matter. Like that's one of the, that's a big thing that I learned. Like none of that stuff matters. It's fun to have, but it's not important.
1: I try to explain that to the younger people out there that it's not about the stuff. Mm. It's about the fluff. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you don't want to be a person who's all stuff and no fluff. You want, I mean, all fluff and no stuff. You want to be, Right. The, the stuff is great for a little while, but what are you going to do with it? Like, it's not, you can't sleep with your Louis Vuitton bag or whatever you choose. It's not important. What's important is the relationships. And I don't know if you need to go through something very tough to understand that, or if it's just with age and wisdom. And that's what I love about being my age. And you're about to turn a half century and you've gone through a lot of crap. So it's, it's such an important message to get out there that it's about embracing who you are and and attracting the right people into your life and and throwing out that good feeling out there to the world and that that all makes us feel good so we don't need all that other stuff that doesn't mean anything to us
3: right and i think that especially i mean here in the here in the us right it was always that whole saying keeping up with the joneses and we always tried to keep up with the joneses and you know um, one yes i do like nice things right so i'm not i do like nice things and i like to give nice gifts to people um but it is but it's not in as important as my friendships right so i would never ever ever jeopardize my friendships over a thing
1: yeah that's great advice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so during this your life during this, from the time you're 40 to now Mm-hmm. You've gone through some tough times. You sh- you explained how you got over some fears, how you've made fear your friend. But when you were at your worst, let's just think your lowest point, whether it was when you decided to make the decision to like, let's just pack up in Green Acres and move into the city. Because that's what I always think of you guys—is moving from green acres into. into well, that's my hashtag.
3: It's, it's green acres to skyscrapers. Is my right, hashtag, right. right? It's perfect.
1: It's perfect. <laughs> so, when you were in your worst part, if you can go there for a minute, how did you pull through that? What What helped you pull through? How did you How did you lift yourself?
3: Yeah, you know that's a good question. Um, I've, I have to say, faith. Um, I I I never grew up a very. I grew up Catholic, right? So I went to church and did the things, Um, you know, my parents, you know, had us in church every Sunday and it it was, it's different now. Um, I think I found something that was bigger. I do know, I do believe that there is something out there that's way bigger than us. And whether somebody, you know, whether, I mean, I call it God and, but people call it universe or whatever it is, um, it, it. I lean on the understanding that on the other side, it's always going to be okay because I'm never alone in it. Like I never feel alone in a situation. Um, I used to, I used to, but again, I think it's, I have le- I leaned on faith and I leaned on faith. trust, mm-hmm. um, faith and trust. And if it wasn't supposed to work, it wouldn't have worked. Do you know what I mean? Like it. Like nothing would have come together because when we were leaving from New Hampshire to New York city, it was, Uh, all the furniture had to be sold, you know, we had just sold the house, but all the furniture had to be sold out of everything. And we had to sell a car and we had like, there was, and we had to find a place and we had, and I had to find a job. And there were so many things, there were so many pieces that had to come together perfectly. And, It did. And when it all was falling in, in perfect alignment, I said, I need to follow the alignment because this is the road. It's kind of like following the yellow brick road. Like let's, it's coming, the pieces are coming together. So this is where we're supposed to be. This is where we're supposed to go. And John, and it was the same thing with John. Like everything was falling in line, the same thing for him. So together we were on the right path.
1: So you felt that it was The universe, your faith that that brought you there and and knowing that you didn't feel alone, but it was all happening. So you're thinking, okay, we're going in the right direction here, right?
3: Correct. Because sometimes I always thought the more you struggle and and have that like struggle for something or that desire to get something and the more you fight for it, the further away it gets you. So if you can kind of lean into it, it's that saying of leaning into is this the truth for me? I don't need to make a decision the second. This is what I want. And what are the, all the options out there? What makes the most sense? And the, it, it will come together. It does come together. It will come together. And if I would look from my life now, all the way back, like even being a single mom at 21 and the road that that path took, um, I, I guess it's always been there. You know, it's always been
1: there. I think that, Because I know you pretty well, that you have always been had this really positive attitude about everything that you're approaching. And maybe, do you think that was your way of coping with it? Like, I'm going to just be positive. I don't know if you were crying in your closet or not. And I know that you're not always perky and happy. And, you know, you're a pretty serious person and you're super focused on goals. And so, how do you in your business you were like i consider you a serial entrepreneur ever le- every mm-hmm. since you left corporate america and decided to create your own businesses how do you feel you can help other people how do you do that on a daily basis
3: yeah so it's funny because i'm in the process of re um of you know adding a lot of things to my to my website um so right now i mean i teach people how to create online businesses, right? How do you, how to go to social media without sounding salesy and spammy and and how you can grow your business using social media. So that, that's one thing that I teach and I teach network marketing because that's another area that I've always been in. Um, I'm in the process of developing a few more things. So I'm a health coach, right? Fitness coach, health coach, um, love health and wellness. And so I, I'm creating, progr- I'm in the process of creating a couple of programs now that will help in that arena and not, and not in the way of, um you know here's your workout for the week and here's what you what you need to eat. It's it's bigger than that. It's teaching all the things that I have learned over the years and helping people create skills um, to break through their fears and to take those next steps. And you know, yes, exercise and nutri- good nutrition exercise, I believe in that so that is in there, but it's a lot of like mindset, mind shifts, um practices that they can take into into play. So there's that. And then the other piece too is more uh, speaking engagements and getting more involved in um, community. So yes, I can, I've gone up and I've trained, you know, thousands of people in network marketing and social selling. Um, but the other part of the speaking engagements goes towards um, stepping out of your box, walking through the fear, um, how to cope with anything. Like my, my story can relate to anybody in any situation and what were the coping skills. So I'm creating online program for that and then some more speaking engagements around that.
1: And what's the end goal for all of all of this that you're creating for people? Is it do you find that their biggest struggle is fear? Is it what do you think most people come to you for?
3: Fear. Most yeah. people come to me because they're afraid of an unknown situation and they need they just needs a little direction into what to do with that. I mean, I can even take my daughter, for instance, right? So she's in the process of trying to figure out what she wants to do in her next steps. And before I used to just tell her what to do, right? Now I, I don't tell her what to do. I say, okay, well, let's get all the options on the table, place them all on the table and and line it up and see which one makes the most sense. And then try and go, and go in that direction of what makes most sense for you. Um, and it will... It will come together. If things were meant to come together, they will come
1: together. It sounds like you believe in really um, envisioning things, imagery. Mm-hmm. And for me, uh, you know, I always go back to uh, when you keep saying, you've said this a few times already, that if you believe something's going to happen, it will happen. And I am on the same page mm-hmm. as you, girlfriend, totally. Mm-hmm. Because when I was competing for 10 years, competing in fitness shows, mm-hmm. I would... I would use that imagery to see myself on stage as the last woman on stage, holding the flowers, holding the trophy, being that last woman. And every time I saw myself there, I won the show. Mm-hmm. And there were many, many times where I would just see myself as the, the, four, the, the second runner-up, not mm-hmm. number one, but the second one and coming in second. And I would focus on that and focus on that. And then what would happen? I play second. Yeah. So that, that believing, that manifesting is so powerful. So do you use that? You were talking about your daughter. Do you use that when you try to help others overcome their fears? Do you use yourself as a person who's overcoming her fears or on the journey mm-hmm. of overcoming her fears? Yeah,
3: exactly. That's exactly what I do. And it's funny because you were saying that. I remember back even from a corporate perspective um, when I was in corporate America, and I, um, I would envision myself on the trips. Sorry, guys, something's digging in it. I won't shut up. Um, I was on a, um, I would get ready for my corporate trips, right? I know that I was going to make this trip. I wasn't sure how I was going to hit the goals to, to achieve it. And every time I envisioned myself on that trip or in that country or wherever it was, I got there. Like I, I got there. I did the do. wasn't like I just sat back and dreamed that things were going to come to me. Right. Um, I dreamt of it and I saw it, but I also did the action steps and I also did the work to get there. Um, and I think that there sometimes is a disconnect when people are like, oh, it's all mindset. Just think it's going to happen. Well, you can't just think it's going to happen because it's not just going to happen. Um, you can think it, you can believe it, but you got to take steps too. And st- And taking the steps is where fear will stop you.
1: Right, that fear is tied to also procrastination. Yeah. So a lot of people, I'm just writing about this in the column that I have for this for our local paper about procrastination and how it's tied to fear. Because if we fear something, we stop, we procrastinate, we don't move, and we actually slow ourselves down from progressing. Mm -hmm. So we do taking that down. Like I think the point you made is, I don't, I don't just just sit back there and dream a little dream and think it's going to happen. You actually do the work. Mm -hmm. And don't you think that for a lot of people, they do miss that connection when Mm -hmm. they see somebody successful like yourself doing um, network marketing, being on social, doing the things that you're doing. They're like, well, that comes easy to her. I'm just going to do what she she does. But no, you got to work hard in any job you have to have that success, you have to work hard.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's funny because people look at me and they're like, you're so successful in this industry. And I'm like, yeah, but I wasn't successful day one. I, you know, I tripped up. I got stuck on my words. I didn't know what I was supposed to say. I didn't know how to do anything. I mean, there's a saying, right? Uh, every master was once a disaster, right? And it, and it's so true, right? So, You have to be a disaster in order to learn. I mean, you got to learn and there's only one way to learn and you got to look like a fool. And I think a lot of people, it's fear and they're, they're so concerned with how other people think of them. They're so concerned with other people, um, especially now with on social media and how everybody's trying to one up each other and, and, you know, have Instagram lives, which isn't real life, by the way. Um, And it's, it is, it's that, and then they get stuck, right? So it's, they get stuck.
1: It's the same coaching I give my clients when they come into the studio and I just tell them that we have to take the steps. Mm -hmm. And you know, when we take that before picture, they're like, you're not going to share it with anybody, are you? And it's like, no, but wait until you get the after picture because then you're going to feel really, really proud of yourself. And it's about having goals, breaking down the steps, little steps, so you're not overwhelmed. And I think That's what we probably both do as coaches because, and we could also, you know, hit on our experiences. We were stuck. I remember, again, going back to the fitness competitions, I waited almost like a year and a half to get my butt on stage and finally, you know… I just, my coach was like, you're ready and like literally pushed me out on stage. And I'm like, Bah, mm-hmm. okay, I guess I am. And that's really sort of how you have to look at things sometimes because you are ready. And if you overthink and you have that um, analysis paralysis, mm-hmm. forget it, you're not getting anywhere. So it's great to have a coach. And so for anybody listening who's in that analysis paralysis stage, find a coach, find a mentor, get a therapist, whoever it is that you need to help coach you to get to that place because if you let fear stop you, you're never going forward.
3: Yeah. It's, and, and a coach definitely helps. I've had so many coaches over the years um, and I love coaching. I love coaching people. Like I love coaching people. Um, and it is, and it's, it's small steps. It does not have to be, I think people think they need to do this huge thing to get, to get there. And it's no, it's just those small compounded steps that add up to the big things.
1: I, completely agree with you. Um, I have a question for you. Um, I I have so many, still so many questions for you and we're going to be running out of time. Um, One of the biggest questions I have for you is how are you living a fearlessly authentic life? What does fearlessly authentic mean to you and how are you embracing that life?
3: I think fearlessly authentic to me is living who you truly are and being okay with it. There's no falsification of, of who I am. I don't, um, I don't pretend to be somebody that I'm not. Um, and I think that once you become okay with that, um, your life can be amazing. You know, it's, life's not perfect. Life has, you know, you have your issues. Um, I am an optimist. So I do have that, that side of me. Um, but that's what it means to me It's just being authentically who you are and not worrying
1: about other people. Do you feel like you embrace that, that, feeling every single day or you try to? I try to. And um, it's, it's something
3: that I'm still growing through. um, But the more I let it go, the more I let other people's thoughts, what I think, what I think other people think of me, the more I've let that go, the stronger I have become.
1: I love that. I really do. That, that's a really, that's, I love that one. So when people walk away from listening to us talk today, what do you what do you want their takeaway to be?
3: Uh, I just want them to love themselves. I want them to to just love themselves and believe in themselves and just know that whatever you really, really, really want in life, really want, good or bad, is going to happen to you. And I always and I hope that everybody looks to their future as something good. I know it's chaotic now. We've got COVID. We've got a whole world that we're not. Used to, I mean, five years ago, we didn't plan on this. Um, So making big audacious plans is probably out of the question right this second. However, believe in something bigger than you and go after it. So what's the next big thing for you? Oh gosh, I, you know, something I don't know right now. I'm really happy with creating the programs I'm going to start um, creating so that I can get out there and help more people. Um, Speaking a little bit louder about people in ostomies and how people can learn from them and, um, yeah, and just growing my business, just growing my
1: biz. Right. And you are a great coach and a great mentor. And, you know, we've worked together for five, six years and Mm -hmm. Leanne was super helpful to me in helping me with my business, um, in network marketing. So Leanne, I want to thank you so, so much for sharing your powerful story, being super honest with everybody. I know that, you know, for me, I, I'm always learning from you, and I appreciate your honesty and um, your optimistic attitude and love you to death. Thank you so much for oh, spending an you. hour with me. Oh, I love you. I will do this anytime, anytime. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and I'll catch you next week on Fearlessly Authentic. Have a great day, everybody.
0: Thank you for tuning in this week to Fearlessly Authentic. Please listen again next Thursday at 12 noon Pacific time and 3 p.m. Eastern time for another edition with your host, Jody Harrison Bauer on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and unlock the keys to a more powerful you.